Several years ago, I, I lived in Los Angeles, um, and there are a lot of good things about Los Angeles. There are um, uh, fresh avocados that you can pluck off the tree. Um, there's some avocado fans in the house, so that's good. Um, the, the ocean is nice uh, in Los Angeles. The weather is particularly nice at certain times of the season and most of the time of the season. Uh, it's good. We got a bunch of kids coming in today. Hey, kids. Welcome for baptism service. Can we hear it for our kids? Um, so there, there are a lot of good things in L.A. Uh, I met my wife in L.A., so that's a very good thing that happened in L.A. Uh, but L.A. also has its challenges. Um, there are some things about Los Angeles that I don't miss. Uh, smog was sort of a, a pervasive issue. And, and there was a, I saw, I was in a grade school one time, we were doing a program, and they had the kids draw their, you know, a picture of their city. And so the kids would draw, you know, the sun and the, they would draw the birds, and then they would draw the buildings and the grass, and then all the kids, almost all of the kids would draw like a brown square, like a rectangle above, and, and I'm like, they think that's part of the world, but anyway, so smog. Um, uh, Parking tickets in L.A. are a particular frustration. They're $85 in Los Angeles. So, and I am, I'm one who doesn't, I don't always think to plug the meter, which, you know, on the loop, that's 15 bucks. It's not a big deal. In L.A., 85 bucks. I mean, that, that, that you know, that gets in there. Um, but for me, the biggest frustration for living in Los Angeles in the years that I lived out there was the traffic. Um, because I don't know if you're like me, but... I get frustrated when there is something standing in the way of me trying to get from where I am to where I want to go. Um, it's frustrating. It, it messes with my inner equilibrium. The Holy Ghost kind of takes a, takes a short vacation when I'm in traffic. And um, some of you are looking at me like you're holier than me. But if, you're, if your steering wheel could speak and tell us some of the things you have muttered, under your breath while stuck in traffic. Um, we don't like to get stuck going to where we're trying to go. And the thing is, the more important the destination, the more frustrating it is when something stands in our way of getting there. And we all know this in life and just sort of in the physical, right? We don't like things impeding our, our path. We don't think, like things blocking us. We don't like obstacles in the way of us moving forward. But what we don't think about often is that a lot of times we get stuck in a spiritual traffic jam in our life. There's a, there's a version of our life that God wants for us, and it's a version of our life that is full of love and full of peace and full of courage and full of patience. It's a, it's a version of our life that we can see out in the distance, but a lot of times we get stuck on the path to that version of our life. We get stuck in a spiritual traffic jam. And for some of you, maybe that traffic jam is fear. You, you know that there are things that God wants you to pursue. You know that there are things that God wants you to do. You know that there are destinations that God wants you to arrive at, things he wants you to do, and yet you're nervous and you're worried because you're not sure if you can trust God out there in the future the, the, the thing that is the discomfort of the familiar is safer for you than the fear of, of the freedom, the unknown of the freedom 
uh, life that God has for you. And so, so some of us get stuck in fear moving forward because we, we just feel like we're afraid of, what's afraid, uh, afraid of what's in front of us. Sometimes we get stuck, our traffic jam is shame. And this is from things that have been experienced in our past, either by us or done to us or things we did. And it's difficult for us to see ourselves moving forward because we're still chained to something from the past, something that has, has, has haunted us. And when we start to think about moving forward in life, there's this hesitation because there's something back here that I feel condemned about, that I feel ashamed of, that I feel guilty about, that makes me feel unworthy of the freedom into which I am being called. And so I am, I am stuck, I'm in a traffic jam because of shame of the things that I have done in the past. For some of us, it's not shame, it's doubt. Like we have moments where we trust that God is with us and God wants to move us forward and he has love for us personally, but then one day we'll wake up and, and, and we don't believe that anymore. Like it's just not there. And I think, you know, uh, the Bible describes a person who doubts as someone being tossed in the wind to and fro, and so they're unstable. And I, I, when I was reading about this this week and studying, I was thinking of those big inflatable, you know, men that they put out in front of used car lots. Do you know which one? And they're like, you know, they're, they're just like they're there, and then they fall, and then they're there, and right. That's some of us, right? Like we're okay for a minute, and then we doubt, and then we, you know, are fall apart, and then we pop back up, and you know, and so that. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Um, so that doubt puts us in a, in a traffic jam. It makes us stuck. We can't move forward. Um, so we have these things in our life that, 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 that pull us back. Distractions. Distractions is one that, you know, we really are on a path, but, you know, something shiny over here makes us turn our head and suddenly we're off the path. We know, we, you know, some of us spend more time on social media than in the scripture. And... Um, Okay, okay, all right, all right, all right. One, we get one amen. Amen, that's my wife, and we, amen, thank you. Uh, we, you know, we, we're moving along a path in life, but, and we know there's a future, we know there's a thing, but we get sidetracked by distraction. Whatever it is, there are traffic jams in your life, in your spiritual life, that prohibit you, that prevent you, that block you, that stand in the way of you proceeding down the path that God wants you to go down. And today, I just want to spend <laughs> a few minutes just a few minutes talking on the topic of nothing in the way. Nothing in the way. Because what we're going to explore in the passage that we're reading today, we've been in a series called Simon Says. And in this series, we discover that Peter discovers, Simon Peter discovers, that God doesn't want anything standing in the way of the people that he's calling into a relationship with him. And so... As, as it's Baptism Sunday today, I'm just going to tell you up front what the end game is here. I'm going to let you know, full disclosure, what my goal is for those of you who have not been baptized. My goal for you is today, if you, are, if you have committed your life to Jesus and decided to follow him with your life, but you've never been baptized, my prayer for you is that you would not let anything stand in your way. That you would come forward at the end of this service and you would be baptized, and make a public commitment and confession of your faith. That's full disclosure. That's what I'm about today. If you're here today, and, and maybe you were baptized as an infant, and at some point you say, I want to make a declaration of my faith as an adult, 
then I would invite you to be baptized today. We will baptize you if you have decided, I'd actually like to do this publicly as an adult, as a follower of Jesus. I want to take that step. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you've been sort of on the fence and you've kind of been thinking about it and you know that the things that are blocking you and standing in your way are things that ought not to be there, then I'm going to invite you to make a confession of faith today, to take the step to follow Jesus and then to come up and get baptized. So there's, a, there's going to be a baptism, and we're angling for you to get baptized today in one way or another. Because we learn in this passage, and I'm going to go quickly through this passage, that God doesn't want anything to stand in your way if he's calling you into a relationship with him. So we're going to look um, back at Acts chapter 10. We left off there last week. Last week, you remember, Simon Peter was, was uh, on the roof of a house. He had a vision. In the vision, God was saying, hey, Simon, I want you to go preach to all people. Remember you were saying that the gospel is for all people, but you didn't really mean all people. You meant all people that were like you. Remember when you thought that? And remember I had to show you this vision, and in this vision, I brought together all kinds of things, and I said, it's for everybody, and now, and now I'm sending some, some people to you to tell you to come and share the gospel with someone that you don't want to share the gospel with. Somebody that you can't imagine being friends with. Somebody you can't imagine being your brother. And so Simon is coming fresh out of this vision. And, and a man named Cornelius, a centurion, a Roman, Italian centurion, has sent some men to get Peter. And here's where we uh, start off today. So the guys came to get Peter, and it says this. The next day, Peter started out with him. So there's three Gentiles and Peter. And some of the believers from Joppa went along. So Simon's got a group of Jewish believers that are with him, and he's on his way to go meet Cornelius. It says uh, Cornelius was expecting them and had called together his relatives and close friends. So what we've got, just imagine in your mind, you've got a group of two groups of people that have never interacted with each other. They've never acted with the type of people that they're about to interact with. Okay, so this is, I tried to come up with a good analogy, I couldn't really, I mean, I guess the best is like, you're, you're, you know, you're at a restaurant, and there's a group of Donald Trump supporters, and there's a group of Bernie Sanders supporters, and they all come together, and everybody goes, hmm, wonder how this is going to turn out. So that's kind of what is happening here. So, do you feel the tension? Did the tension level just go? Okay, good. Um, so... So they're, they're bringing together, Cornelius has got his people, Simon's got his people, um, and, uh, and it says this, as Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. Now, let me just give you a little backdrop on this. Cornelius is a centurion in the Italian regiment of the Roman army. This is a guy who leads people. This is a guy who commands people. This is not a guy who falls at fishermen's feet. All right, this is not a guy who demonstrates humility in front of other people. But something was going on in Cornelius' life. If you're a centurion in the Roman army, you've probably had some experiences that in retrospect, upon reflection, you might begin to wonder if you regret. You might have done some things over the course of your career. You know, Roman centurions were in charge of crucifixions. So there were some things that that this centurion Cornelius had done and seen. The centurions were in charge of, of, of stamping out insurrections. There was violence. There was bloodletting in this man's past. And there was some regret. And there were some things holding him back. And as we learned last week, he had begun to pray, and he had begun to sort of you know, give money to the poor, and he had begun to do some things that, that he thought would put him in right relationship with God because that's what he wanted. But something was stopping him from experiencing 
who God made him to be and what God wanted him to do. Something was stopping him to the point that he was willing to fall on his knees in front of a peasant fisherman, a Jewish peasant fisherman. Some of you today are seeking what Cornelius was seeking, and that's forgiveness. Some of you like forgiveness. Some of you like Cornelius have done some things, experienced some things in your past, in fact, all of us have, for which we need forgiveness. Things that we can't overcome on our own. Things that we can't undo. Things that no, no, matter, uh, no manner of good deeds will undo. There's, there's stuff back there that holds us back. Things that bind us, that keep us locked to the past, that block us, that impede us, that stand in our way of moving forward into what God has for us. And Cornelius needs forgiveness. Today, some of you are experiencing that same need in your heart. You know it's there. You know that you want God to forgive the things that you've done. And some of them are things that you have dampened down, covered over, hidden, shadowed, you know, blocked away, but they're there. And they're stopping you from going forward. And God's saying, look, I want to bury you in the, in the waters of baptism because I want to forgive you. In fact, Simon earlier said, when he was telling people what to do, he said, be baptized for the remission of your sins, for the forgiveness of your sins. They're washed away in the waters of baptism. Just like regular water washes your skin, the waters of baptism wash your soul. And so God is saying, I want you to step forward into forgiveness. And so, so he's down worshiping Peter, but Peter, it says, made him stand up. He said, I'm only a man myself. I'm not the one that can, can bring you what you're looking for. While talking with him, it says, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. So they're all inside of this house. And P Peter could have said a lot of things. He could have said, hey, guys, you know, thanks for having me. I brought you some gifts. Um, some of my best friends are Gentiles. You know, um, a lot of things he could have said, right? But, but, but Peter said, some of you are with me. Some of you are just taking a minute. But um, he said, he said, he said, uh, this is Peter, remember. This is the kind of thing he says. He says, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. So I, I just want you guys to know, I'm not supposed to be here. So you're going, all right, you got to turn this ship around, Peter, because this is not the way you want to introduce yourself to a group of people who already don't trust you. Um, then he says this, but God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, he said, I came without raising any objection May I ask why you sent for me? Simon says, why am I here? Why did you call for me? And in this moment, I'm not going to read you the whole passage. You've got to go home today, read Acts chapter 10, which I know you read last week. Reread it today after lunch. He said, Cornelius said, well, here's the deal. I needed God. And I've been praying, and I've been giving my alms to the poor. I've been doing good works. I've been trying to do you know, a personal behavior modification, I've, you know, personal piety. I've been trying to do some stuff. Uh, but but I'm, I'm stuck. And so God sent a vision to me to tell me to tell you to tell me what God told you to tell me. That's what he said. You can read it in Acts chapter 10. It's a little clearer. Um, but, but Cornelius says, look, what I need is what you have. What I need is a God who can forgive me. What I need is a God who can cleanse me from my past. And so Peter then begins to preach. And he says this, he, it says he began to speak. He says, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You see, 
Not only is Cornelius coming to a realization, Simon Peter is coming to a realization. He's realizing after he was three years with Jesus. Three years with Jesus. He's now been filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's now, only now realizing that the gospel not only brings you forgiveness, but it makes you part of God's family. It brings you into relationship with people for whom you might have had disregard or disrespect or dislike. Simon, for the very first time in his life, is looking at a man he has always viewed to be his enemy and going, oh my God, this is my brother. This is my sister. You see, that's what the gospel is about. That's what it's about. It's bringing people and God together in love. That's why Jesus came. He came to break down the barriers, to reconcile the world unto himself, and then to make us agents of reconciliation in the world. He came to transform us, to make us one. Let them be one, Father, even as you and I are one. Me and you, and, and you and me, and us and them. Let them be one. Let them be family. So Simon is recognizing, this is, this is important. Some of you today need to be a part of the family of God. He's calling you to take that step and to accept him as father and to become part of the family. I'm gonna keep preaching because we gotta baptize people. Okay, here we go. So he says, uh, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues or in languages and praising God. Now this is fascinating to me because in the book of Acts, every time you see people speaking in languages that they don't know, it's when there are groups of people from different languages and different ethnic backgrounds together, and they are demonstrating the power of the Holy Spirit by praising God in the other person's language. It's fascinating. So these Jews from Joppa come with Simon Peter, and they meet all of these Gentiles, and the, Gen and the Gentiles, the Roman Italian Gentiles, are praising God in the language of the Jews. And so the Jews are going, well, these guys must have what we've got. And the Gentiles are going, yeah, we're, we've got what you got, right? So Peter said to them, here's what he says to everybody, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized. Nothing can impede them. Nothing can stop them. Surely God has opened this up for everybody. Here's the thing with Jesus. When you, when you step into following him, when you become his follower, you not only experience forgiveness and family, but he gives you freedom. The gospel is about liberating you from the chains that bind you. It's about liberating you from the obstructions and the impediments and the traffic jams that you find yourself in in life so that you can pursue the things that God has you to pursue and become the person that God wants you to become. That's what it's about. That's what, that's what it is. That is what it is all about. It is about liberating you. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life, and he that the Son who has set free is free indeed. I have come to, to bring freedom to those who are in bondage. I'm a deliverer. That's what I've come for. When I, when I was in L.A., the, the, the traffic was, it got so bad for me that I, I just couldn't stand it, and I finally did the, the one reasonable thing that I could think of. I bought a, I bought a Harley Davidson 883 Sportster, black motorcycle it was so cool i later traded it in for a minivan but that's a different story um, but at that time in la the, the beauty of a motorcycle in la it allows you to do something that you can't do in a car they call it lane splitting a couple of motorcycle riders know what i'm talking about that's when you go man this traffic jam is a, a real drag and you just go right down the middle you just cut right down the middle of the lane right down the middle of the lane so that all the cars are stuck and you're riding free, baby. 
live to live to ride, ride to live, whatever, whatever it is. Um, you're free. Today, God is saying to some of you guys, I want you to lane split. I want you to get out of the traffic jam that you're in. I want you to come out of the, of the, of the step away from the obstacles that are blocking you and impeding you. And I want you to overcome your fear, overcome your shame, overcome your doubt and your distraction and start following me. Don't let anything get in the way. Don't let anything stand in the way of what I have for you in God. And here's what I want you to imagine. Here's what I want you to imagine. Imagine a world where men and women like you and, and I together collectively as a church family decide that nothing is going to stand in our way. That we're going to receive the, the, the forgiveness that God has for us. That we're going to become the family of God that he designed us to be. And that we're going to live in the freedom to which he has called us to live. Imagine that world. And so my question then for you is, what stands in your way? What stands in your way of stepping into the life that God has for you? Because whatever it is, God is bigger. Whatever the, the obstacle is, God's power is greater. For those of you who are thinking about getting baptized, we want to make sure that nothing is standing in your way. We have, we have specifically designed this service to ensure that nothing is standing in your way. Some of you might be thinking, gosh, I, I'd like to get baptized today, but, you know, I'm wearing my, my, my nice clothes that I, that I can't get wet. I've got my, you know, my Armani's and my Brooke Brothers and my skinny jeans or whatever I'm wearing, and, 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 and I, can't, I can't. Well, the good news is we've got some items of clothing Back in the back, we've got a, a, a women's dressing room over here and a men's dressing room over here. We've got flip-flops for you, designer flip-flops, all black. We've got t-shirts that you can wear. We've got shorts, modest shorts. We lost some items of clothing down under the stage. Those were the, those were the clothes I wasn't supposed to show you anyway, but we have those clothes for you. Um, other clothes that you might need. Shower caps. If, you, if, you, if you're here today and you say, you know, there, there are just things blocking my way. You know, I, I would like to get baptized, but I don't have my family here. I'd like Aunt Bertha to be here when I get baptized. Here's the good thing. We have a professional photographer here who will take your picture. Videographer here who will video it for you. You can, you can, you can put it on Facebook and tag Aunt Bertha on your video right don't let anything stand in your way don't let anything stand in your way if you're here today and and you're you know this term is not totally for you because you've already been baptized you know it is for you because there are steps that God wants you to take also he wants you to lean into some things that you might be afraid of he wants you to lean into some stuff that you might have been avoiding because he's there for you his forgiveness is there for you the family is here to support you and God wants to give you freedom to do the things that he's called you to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have us all stand together right now as we close out. Worship team, you guys come on up. And here's what we're going to do. In just a moment, I'm going to pray. And if you want to get baptized today, then I'm going to invite you to go back to the changing rooms. Women's is on that side. Men's is on that side. We have our team. Is there, can some of our team members raise your hand? We got team members, baptism team members all around. And if you guys want to uh, head back towards that direction, team members, 
Um, they will be back there to assist you with whatever you need. Uh, and I want to invite you to make it happen today. After I pray, you can just head straight back there. Um, if you need prayer today, we're going to have prayer team members right up across the front here. Sorry, men are on this side. Let's not get that confused. Women are on this side. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> that would stand in your way. <laughs> that would stand <laughs> on that side. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to have some prayer team members up here ready to pray for you if you need prayer today. Um, uh, one of the ways that we worship, and I'll invite some, you know, the rest of you too, one of the ways that we worship is prayer, so we'll, we'll be here. Another way that we worship, for those of you that call this our church home, we worship through our giving, our generosity. You can give in one of the uh, baskets that you see at these four stations or, or uh, online, uh, however you give. Uh, we invite you to participate in giving that way. And then a, another way that we worship is through communion. We take the bread. We dip it into the cup at these four stations, and we eat it. We celebrate the sacrifice that he made on our behalf. We celebrate his sacrifice that brings us freedom, uh, his punishment that brings us freedom. And so we'll invite you to come and take communion here. And then after I pray, if you want to get baptized, you're going to, while everybody else is doing communion and praying and offering, you guys are going to head back and get dressed for baptism. And then we're going to sing a little bit. We'll all sit back down, and then we'll invite our baptismal folks to come in and get baptized, all right? Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come together and celebrate you, enjoy you, experience your freedom, experience your forgiveness, experience your family. God, thank you for bringing us together today. I pray that you would move in the hearts of those who are considering taking this life-altering step the step that Cornelius made. All of us are Cornelius. All of us need you. All of us get stuck from time to time and we need your forgiveness. And we need to be a part of your family. And we need to experience the freedom that you've called us into. I would pray that you move in their hearts today and lead them, guide them, give them the courage to step out of the aisle, to head back to the dressing room, to change and to come and be baptized into a new life. Father, we praise you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen.